And a lot of the um, translation that I'll be reading, I'll be New Living Translation. But it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. I don't know about you guys, but that should give us a peace, right? When we face disaster, when we face storms, when all of a sudden uh, bills are piling up or maybe a health issue or whatever the circumstance might be, it should give you peace because God has promised each one of us on this journey a future that is full of hope, that's full of promises, that's full of blessings. Um, and I think, and I want to, so I want to ask you a question, though, then why do we, if God has promised us this, right, a plan, a journey, a future, you know, a purpose, I don't know about you guys, but I like having a purpose in my step. And God has promised us this, right, then why, why do we see so many Christians falling in that disaster state, right? God says, I haven't, I haven't, um, I'll read it again. It says, there are plans for good and not for disaster. So then why do we find ourselves in these storms a lot? In, these, in this place where it feels like everything's falling apart if God has planned for us a future, right? With full of hope and all this stuff. And I think it's, especially in today's culture, we, we've, we have all these, um, what I like to call different noises. So I was kind of struggling like with, like, what am I going to title today? Because I the whole theme you'll find throughout this message is like we're on this journey and each one of us Christians are on a journey, right? Coming, growing closer to God. But I want to really pull like something that we need to learn on this journey as Christians, right? Especially if we're moving into a different uh, stage in our lives, which these graduates are. And so I want, if you guys are taking notes, I'm titling the message today, Turning Off the Noise. Turning off the noise. Because I think a lot of times we fall into this place of disaster, storms, overwhelming, is because of all the different noises that we have going on in our lives. And it's hard to escape all the noise that is happening around us and zero in and try to hear what God is truly trying to say to us. So like I said, we're going to have some fun because I want to do an illustration now. So if I can have Tyler and Jacob come on up here. Tyler is going to represent the Christian. All right, he's going to stand over here. Jacob's going to represent God. Sound good? And this gap that we have here will be the journey, I guess you could call it. Um, and then I'm going to have Tyler spin around. Keep spinning until I say stop, Tyler. All of a sudden, the, this whirlwind right here that's going on, trying to hit in the water, is, uh, is the circumstance or the problems or the disasters that hit our Christian life, right? So this is what I'm going to have Jacob do. And then once you start hearing Jacob, Tyler, you can start walking towards him. Jacob is going to be the voice of God. And Tyler's going to try to get into Jacob. Go ahead, Jacob. Uh. <laughs> not too bad, right? Like, don't you wish, though, that life was that simple? It's not, is it? There's a lot more distractions that happen. I'm going to have Tyler put on a... Um, what would you like to call that? A blindfold. A blindfold, right? And this blindfold represents circumstances that come up in our life, right? Where we take our focus when that all of a sudden the, the, the storm hits, right? We're in this whirlwind. And really, a lot of times, some of us can focus in and get right to God, right? The solution, the problem. But some of us just focuses on 
this situation that's happening. Tyler, you can begin spinning again. All right. I'll, if you hit the wall, that's on you. People wonder why things are always breaking in the youth ministry. But now, now, only if it was still that easy, right? It's not. We always have all these other noises that happens in our life that goes on these different voices, right? You guys can crank that up a little bit louder for me. And then this is what I'm going to have you guys do too because I need more voices. I need you guys to call out Tyler's name as well this time. And Jacob's still going to call Tyler's name out as well. So if you guys can make it in right now, just keep saying Tyler, Tyler. Try and get Tyler to come towards you. Yep, yep. Keep spinning, Tyler. All right, Jacob, you can begin. There he is. You guys can give these guys a round of applause. Brothers. Tyler had a little practice first service, so he's getting better with that being dizzy stem. But how often, though, we, we, we're faced with this situation, we're caught in this whirlwind of chaos that's happening in our life, and all of a sudden, we hear all these other voices, and it's hard to really tune in and focus in what God's truly trying to say to us personally for that situation, for what's happening right then and right now. Um, so we might know God's voice, Right? I think a lot of Christians know how, like, know God's voice, but I think we fall into the problem on this journey that we don't know how to hear it through the noise of our life and circumstances that happen. Um, and so we find ourselves being a dysfunctional Christian because of it. For those of you guys missed out, which I'm looking around, probably about half of you guys missed out on the class that Pastor Neil taught was uh, strengthening yourself in the Lord. It, it was so powerful that we're, the young adults are going through it. And like I remember Pastor Neil, he would say, Bill Johnson, does everybody know who Bill Johnson is? Or most people know who Bill Johnson is, right, of Bethel Church. Um, he, who, Pastor Neil would say, Bill Johnson would say these certain things. And it's almost like a mouth-dropping moment, right? And all of a sudden, just silence in the room. Like, I haven't, you know, haven't had that yet, Pastor Neil. I, was, I always thought that in my head. Until he taught that class and I, was listening to um, strengthen yourself in the Lord. I'm like, he had a couple of moments and I'm like, wow, that like literally just, it was quiet and I'm like, holy smokes, that was so powerful. And one of the things, one of those most like real powerful moments is that he said about a dysfunctional Christian and he illustrates it this way. It's like a Christian, you know, when we accept Christ, we're alive in Christ, right? But when we cannot, and I'm, I'm rephrasing how he exactly said it, but when, when we can't hear God's voice when the circumstances are going on in our life, it's as though that you have an arm that's dislocated, right? It's still alive, but it's not functional. Still alive, but not functional. So we have our lives in Christ, but we have a lot of dislocated, delusional Christians that are in a whirlwind of chaos, and we wonder why we're waiting for God to show up when he's already in the midst of our storms a lot of times, right? We live in this state as a Christian that we're alive, 
but not able to move because all we can focus on is the disasters on our life rather than the word that God gave us, that he has a future for us, right? He has plans for us that is good and full of hope. I want to read a scripture verse. I should say a passage because there's a couple. It's First Corinthians, or sorry, First Kings, chapter 19, 11 through 13. First Kings, chapter 19, 11 through 13. And just some back uh, drop on this story real fast. This is the story of Elijah, and Elijah just got done like previous chapter. He's at war, or he was, if you will, at war with all the other prophets of the land. And they were warring against or raging against who is the real God, right? And there's hundreds and hundreds of other prophets, right? They, they set up this, um, uh, I guess, competition, if you will, where all these, they had to call down God, God had to, their God had to come down and fire and burn what was on the altar. So these other, all these hundreds and hundreds of prophets are calling down their God, cutting themselves, right? Uh, doing all these things and nothing's happening. Then all of a sudden Elijah's like, all right, it's my turn now. He, he builds this altar, he digs a trench around the altar, and then he pours water on the altar almost to slap those guys in the face until that trench around the altar was full of water, right? And then all of a sudden he calls down God. He didn't even say many words, if I recall, right? And then all of a sudden fire came down and consumed the, the, the altar, the burnt sacrifice that was there, right? So then the leaders of the land like, we have to kill this guy. You know, he's going against what, you know, we believe. And all of a sudden Elijah gets wind of it and he takes off running, right? He's on the run, finds a spot, falls asleep, and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord wakes him up. Angel of the Lord says, uh, eat some food and rest. And then, so he eats food, goes back to sleep, and then all of a sudden Elijah wakes again because the angel taps him and he's like, taps him on the shoulder, you know, wakes him up and says, hey, eat some more because your journey is long before you. So Elijah eats some more and then rests some more and then continues his journey until he gets to the mountain of God, they call it. And, like, I think that's, like, I didn't. I was going to read it out in the scripture, but I, I think it is real quick. I think a lot of us are on a journey. We feel tired or we're running from something, and we just need to rest in God and eat of his word. And that's what Elijah did in that moment, and he was able to continue the journey, right? He was strengthened within the Lord. And then so he finds himself at the mountain, and this is where this story picks up in 1 Kings chapter 19, 11 through 13. It says, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, what are you doing here? Elijah. See, Elijah knew how to, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of all the noise, all the commotion that was going on, he was able to tune in, dial in, and hear God's voice and approach him, right? And I like to, I don't know about you guys, when I'm studying the Bible, I like to think what would have happened, like, right? So, because as soon as he heard God's voice, he walked out, right? Well, I mean, think about this. If he thought the first noise was God, 
It said, it said a windstorm hit and rocks were thrown off. He would have walked right into disaster. And I think sometimes we're in disaster, in a storm, in, in fire, because we're going off of what we think is the voice of God rather than what is truly the voice of God in a storm. Because we don't want to choose to listen. We'd rather listen to the other voices in our lives. So I want to today talk about the other voices. There's three different voices that we can listen to. Two that will bring us disaster, and then obviously one that will bring us um, the plans that God has for us. The first voice being others. Um, and I like to, I'm going to break these different voices into, I think, two of the biggest categories, I guess, that others can represent. First one being uh, uh, social media, or it could be television, right? It could be, for me, it's, uh, it's sometimes too much on YouTube or playing too many video games. I still like playing video games at my age. And I want to read a scripture verse, though. It's in Psalms chapter 26, verse 4 through 5. And it says, I do not sit with the deceitful, nor do I associate with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers and refuse to sit with the wicked. I refuse to sit with the wicked. And I want to really focus on that word sit because I think for each one of us, the word sit looks different. Each one of us, the word sit, I think, looks could look different. Like I said, for me, it could be too much um, my own doing my own thing on either social media like for me i don't know about you guys and maybe like i said youth pastor youth will relate to me for me where i get my news i go on snapchat swipe right and there's the news feed that's where i go i know a lot of other people sometimes go to cnn and all this other stuff or facebook right like we find ourselves on social media and getting all these news but uh when i was in class just today i got a, a sweet word from god because uh, the the class that Pastor Brennan is teaching is sit, walk, and stand. And I was thinking about this pastor that this passage that says, "I do not sit with the disat or, or with the." Let me read that right. I do not sit with the deceitful, nor nor do I associate with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evil evildoers, and I refuse to sit with the wicked. Like whenever you're in a storm, and you're being pressed, right? Certain things come out. And I think dependent on where you're sitting is what's going to flow out of you. If you're sitting with the deceitful, that's what's going to come out of you, right? If you're sitting like, you know, for some of you guys are going to miss out on this because you're not in the class. But if you're sitting and resting in God, that's what's going to flow from you, the fruits of the Spirit, right? When you're pressed, I remember Pastor Brennan talking about like when we're pressed as Christians, we should, what goozes out of us as Christians should be God. Right? It should be God. And that's dependent on where you're sitting. Are you sitting with the deceitful or are you sitting and resting in God? And that's what's going to flow out of you. So if you find yourself in a storm and all of a sudden you're just raging, angry, maybe you're stressed and no peace is coming out of you. Everything's just stressful, anxiety, depression. Maybe you're sitting with the wrong people. If peace is what's coming from the situation, then I think you're in the right spot next to God, right? So others. And then the other part of it is, I think, friends. Kind of talked about it a little bit, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wiser. Associate with fools and get in trouble. John Maxwell, and there's a lot of other people that have said this, that 
if you show me the five people that you hang out with, that you associate with on a day-to-day -day basis, he can tell you where you're going. Because the five people around you really do define who you are. And just like scripture says that bad company will corrupt good character. It doesn't matter how much you're in the word of God. If you're associating with people around you that's, that you feel like are the people that you're supposed to be iron sharpening iron, right? But they're, but they're just bringing you down, then your good character is going to be corrupted, right? And all of a sudden it can become a distraction and a noise in our lives. So the first voice being others, either through social media um, or friends. And I'm sure there's like different, I guess, subcategories that others can fall in. But those are, I feel like, is the two big ones that we deal with as Christians. Either we get our voice from the outside news, whatever you go for news, right, platform. Or we allow the Bible to be defined by what Google says than rather than what God says. I know that's a tough one. I know I had to work with that one. Be careful not to, like, I'll be like, I'll get a word from God. Or, like, I'm trying to look up, like, trying to define what peace is or certain words sometimes. And I'll Google it and try to get the definition rather than going to the word and starting there first. I'm not saying Google is bad, but, I'm, you know, I'm saying that our, our starting point should be the word of God. The next voice being ourselves. Ourselves. We allow our feelings to get in the way rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago I found this. I, I thought about it. I almost let the pride get the best of me. I found this like uh, paragraph someone wrote. I'm like, oh man, if I just read it, they won't know where I got it. Just know I found this and I, I'm like, wow, this is really good for this message right here. I forget who it was by though. But it says, it's to do with ourselves and feelings. It says, God designed your emotions to be a gauge, not a guide, not the guides. They're meant to report to you, not dictate you. A lot of Christians allow our feelings to dictate how we react to situations. A lot of us allow our feelings to dictate the outcome of something that God might have promised a different outcome for. But because we choose to allow our feelings to dictate us, we find ourselves in this whirlwind of chaos and in this storm. It continues to say, it says, they reveal what your heart loves, trusts, and fears. But because our emotions are wired into our fallen nature, as well as into our regenerated nature, sin and Satan has access to them and will use them to try and uh, distort the truth of um, us acting, walking out in faith. So instead of us walking in faith, we'll be walking faithless. See, Satan knows that if he can just tug on your emotions, then he has you. But, and a lot of us allow Satan to tug on our emotions rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us through our emotions, right? Um, if you guys, I don't know how many of you guys have gone through it. If you haven't, you should look it up and get the book or get uh, into the courses when we have it here. It was Love, um, love. oh gosh, help me out, Love and Respect. Love and Respect. And in Love and Respect, they, they said that uh, a lot of people think that their emotions is the voice of God, right? Guess what? Our emotions isn't the voice of God. The Word of God is the voice of God, right? And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us through our emotions rather than allowing our emotions to be dictated by. So, for example, like waking up like a Sunday morning. I don't know about you guys. Has anybody ever struggled 
on a Sunday morning to get into the house of God, right? Or all of a sudden, it seems like you had a perfect week, and all of a sudden, bam, something happens on Sunday, right? Or it happens the night before, or on Sunday morning, you're sick or something like that. And a lot of us, and a lot of Christians, will allow those emotions, even up to we're physically feeling something, right, because of emotions, dictate whether we go to church or not, whether we're spending time with God. All of a sudden, we find ourselves... Uh, we feel too busy after work, and all of a sudden we're like, I'm too tired. I allow my emotion of tiredness to dictate now me going to bed early because I'm, and I'm not going to spend time with God. And I think a lot of times we allow that voice, our voice of feelings, to dictate us, like I said, rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us through them. Emotions aren't imperative. They're not your boss. They're in. I always say this word right wrong a little bit. It says they're indictive. So imperative means you must do. A lot of things people think that because you're feeling a certain way, you must do whatever you're feeling, right? I'm here to tell you that I learned this a long time ago. And I was I forget who it was by, but they said feelings are neither right or wrong. They just are. As a Christian, as a Christian, I need to choose to navigate through my feelings with the Holy Spirit. I might be feeling a certain way. That's not wrong, and that's not right. They just are. As a Christian, I need to learn how to navigate through my feelings and grab onto the promises of God, right? I think that's why Paul uh, wrote in Romans chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. I think sometimes we forget faith isn't a choice, or we. I think sometimes we forget faith isn't a feeling, but it's a choice. See, a lot of us will take a step of faith if we're feeling up to it, rather than saying, you know what, you know what, I may not be feeling it, but I'm going to choose to walk in faith today. I'm going to choose to uh, walk on the promises of God today in my life. And then the so we got the first two voices being others. Right, and then there's ours, and then there's the last one, which is God's, God's voice. I think sometimes we forget faith isn't, or sorry, uh, we forget that faith isn't a feeling, right? That, but it's a choice, and we need to learn how to turn off the noises around us, so that we can really dial into God's voice. Like I said on this journey, I want to read a passage, and I, I I want you to think as I'm reading this, who do I relate to more? All right. Who do I relate to more? It's in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. And this, I, wasn't, I didn't originally have this in the message, but God gave it to me. I put it in my eyes, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, if people can just, like, really grasp onto this, it is, it is powerful. Like, when I was reading through the scripture and God was highlighting certain things in the scripture verse, I'm like, Holy smokes, Lord, help me to just be able to translate that to the congregation, what you were downloading to me. But it says this. It says, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. A fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and, went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Everybody see little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly, there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, he asked. 
Even the winds and waves obey him. I want you to picture this. I mean, a lot of us, we're trying to navigate the ocean of life, right? We're on our boat navigating the ocean or the ocean of life, right? And it seems like, just like in that scripture verse, all of a sudden, suddenly, storms hit us, right? All of a sudden, you feel like you're just about to catch your breath, right? You just got to break. All of a sudden, something breaks, right? Or all of a sudden, um, bills are piling up. Oh, man, I forgot to pay a bill. And all of a sudden, now you're getting behind on bills. Or all of a sudden, you get sick, and there's that financial problem that happens, right? That we, we feel like we're always trying to gasp for breath. And, and what's funny with this, this story, like these things suddenly hit the disciples, right? But I want to read one other passage. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, it says, And having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace and preparation to face the enemy with firm footing, stability, and readiness produced by the good news. See, the disciples literally had the living gospel in the boat. They literally had... The word of God and peace himself in the boat. If you guys missed Wednesday night prayer service, uh, Pastor Deb had mentioned how in Timothy that Jesus is peace. So here they are in the midst of the storm. They literally have the word they need for the situation. They literally have peace for the situation right there in the boat. But all they can focus on is the storm. So all of a sudden they wake up Jesus reacting to the voice of their emotions. Right? Because Jesus says, you with little faith. So he was saying, why aren't you choosing to step in faith? Why are you reacting based on the circumstances rather than based on the word of God? Right? And all of a sudden, Jesus was able to speak to the storm. And what's cool is I think Jesus wants to speak to your storms. And what happened in that scripture is it says, suddenly the storm stopped. I think if we can just grasp the understanding that Jesus is with us and as we're trying to navigate life and understand that we have peace in the word of God that we need for that certain situation, if we can just turn off the noises that's happening around us and focus on him rather than the storm, then we can get the word that we need to suddenly calm the storm in our lives that's happening. Just like the disciples. So who do you relate to more? Do you, re do you find yourself like the dis disciples in storms all of a sudden, focusing on the problems, and you're caught in that whirlwind of chaos that's happening in your life because all you can see is the circumstance rather than focusing on God and dialing in to hear his voice. See, I, I believe God has had a specific word for you guys, or I got a specific word for you guys from God. And that is, I believe God is saying, stop looking at the storm. Stop, stop listening to the noise because you already have peace and the answer for the situation. You just need to listen. You just need to listen. A lot of the storms that we face, we have the answers already. We have the peace, but we choose to listen to the voice of others, of ourselves, emotions, and not listen to the voice of God in that situation. So how do we turn off the noise, which comes from these other voices, and tune into the frequency, frequency which God speaks and dial in to hear God's voice better. It's kind of like, hopefully everybody listens to 95.9 Fuel FM. That's not an ad or anything, but as Christians, right? Uh, 
what do you have to do if it's not coming in? You get a lot of frequency, right? You've got to dial it in. Right? As Christians, we need to learn how to dial in and hear God's voice for the, that moment, for the situation. See, I liked how um, uh, Bill Johnson said it. Once again, uh, strengthen yourself in the Lord. And I'm, it's, uh, I won't get it exactly right, but Bill Johnson pictures it like this. Like if he's here, right, where Tyler was, and if God's over there, or if our, my future's up there, right, and then there's this gap, right, and what God will do for us when we're facing a certain situation, he'll go into our future, grab the word that we need, so he'll go into the future, how he sees you, who you are going to become, not who you are, right? Grabs the word that you need for that situation so that you can get through it. But the problem is we focus on the circumstance rather than God's voice. We focus, we focus on the chaos that's happening or the lack of money that we might have in a financial issue or why isn't God providing for me in this uh, situation? See, um, I know, and maybe you guys are the same way, when Satan comes and attacks me on this stuff, it's like he knows that whatever, he knows that I believe that if the word of God says it, then it's an absolute truth in my life. That won't change. Like, no one will change it. If God's word says it, I'm believing it. I might not know how to walk it out, but I'm going to believe it, right? And I know Satan knows this about me too, and hopefully about you guys as well, that each one of us, we, 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 we know it's in the Bible, right? And it's an absolute truth. But I think sometimes, and this is what Satan tries to do in my life, he tries to take my focus off of the, off of the promises of God, right? Off the promises that he's already given me, right? He, he, he knows that he can't change my stance on what the word says, but he can get me to look away from it in that moment and allow me to do nothing in the midst of the storm. So what's cool about the disciples even though they went to Jesus, right? They still went to Jesus. They still knew where to get the answer, right? In the midst of the storm. See, a lot of us, when we're faced and we're in that whirlwind of chaos, we also freeze. And it's all we focus on. We forget that we have God in the boat with us, peace himself, the gospel, the word of God in the boat with us. But we forget it because, because of the chaos that's happening, and I think, like, like, like I said, that's where I'm at. That all of a sudden, Satan knows that he can't change the Bible in my life because it's the absolute truth. But he knows that if he can get just get me to look away from it and not do anything about it, right? So how do we dial in that that voice? Sometimes I think Satan will. Um, or we'll, we'll simplify things or make things too simple. Or I'm not simple. We'll overcomplicate things. You know, God has made it simple, right? Satan will try to get us to overlook the simplicity of things to keep us in chaos, right? Because, like, God, God made things simple for us, right? He lays it out in his word. We just need to read it and apply it to our lives and folks and tune in and dial into his voice, right? But we, but we overcomplicate. Oh, it can't be that easy, right? Like this message for me, I feel like is pretty, and you guys probably feel the same way, that's pretty it's basic, right? But like we, sometimes we overlook the simplicity of things. God gave me a, a, an analogy, it's kind of funny and I don't know if you, some of you might not relate but hopefully half of you at least. Anybody ever play the on the old Nintendo, the, the original Nintendo, the Mario games? Anyone? Almost everyone? And in the old Mario games 
you'd go through, you'd get all the way to the end, right? You'd grab the flag, it comes down, right? And you'd get, there was no, back in the day, there was no saving your game, right? You had to, if you died, died, you're all the way back at the beginning, you're starting the whole process, all the world over again, right? Well, because I'm a good gamer, I learned the cheat about going up and over the flag and jump skipping worlds. Anybody ever learned that cheat while playing the game, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. It was awesome because you, you skip the first flag, you skip the next couple worlds, all of a sudden you're on, I think, like World 4, right? You go down the tube, you come out, same thing happens in World 4, you can skip the next couple worlds, and all of a sudden you're like on World 10 or something like that, almost to the final boss, and then you find yourself all of a sudden realizing, dang, I have no lives because I skipped so much. Right? I skipped so much, now I'm facing bosses and even harder levels because I skipped over the simple levels and missed out on what it had for me. And I think God, or Satan, tries to do that to us as well. He tries to get us to skip over the simplicity of things so that we miss out on getting the blessing of what God has for us in the storms. So I want to give you guys just two real basic and simple, simple practical steps that I use in my daily life and how to dial in and hear God's voice. And the first one is super simple, is to choose to put Him first in all situations. Like I said, I know it sounds simple, but we, why do we find ourselves in disaster if it's that simple then? Because we overlook it. We, we overthink things that we, we don't think through that, you know what, if I can just put God first in this situation, I'll have the peace that I need because he's already right here and giving me the word for it, right? He's already in my boat. So that means when a situation that arises up within our lives, we give God's voice priority above all else, above our emotions, above what social media, what the TV is saying, above what our friends are saying, we give God's priority in our life on what he's saying about the situation. That's what it means to choose to put him first in all situations. The last one is spend time learning his voice by spending time with him. Like, I get that all the time, especially with how do I hear God? Well, spend time listening to him. A lot of times people don't want to put in the simple discipline of spending time with God on a day-to-day -day basis. And we, we miss out I'm being able to hear God in, when storms arise because we didn't choose to sit back and just like Pastor Brennan's teaching on that book, Sit, Walk, Stand, to sit and rest in God. We just want to start walking and running and standing on certain things that we skip all the simplicity of what God has given us. And now, now we find ourselves in a whirlwind of chaos because we can't hear God in the midst of the noise that's happening around us. So if I can have everybody stand. eyes closed. I want to ask you guys a question once again. I already asked it once, but I'm asking who do you relate more to? Do you relate more to the disciples? That when they're when they're, the storm hit, all they could see is the circumstance, the chaos? Or do you relate to Jesus? When storms hit, you have the peace because you know who's backing you. And if you find yourself relating, everybody's eyes closed, heads bowed. And if I can have the altar ministry team come on forward. If you find yourself relating to the disciples, and maybe just recently it's happening, you find yourself relating to the disciples, it's real fast, lift your hands up high. If you find yourself focusing on the chaos rather than the peace within the storm, 
if you raised your hand, this is what I want you to do. I want you to come forward, and I want these guys to pray for you, right? Because this is iron sharpens iron, and that we're, I love the phrase that our um, district holds us, that we're better together, right? God designed us to do things alone, but to make us better together. And I'm going to encourage you, once again, if you raised your hand, even if you're embarrassed, I mean, it's it's so much better. It's so, okay, I, I'm trying, I'm going to see if I can get this quote right. Um, I remember someone saying it's so much easier to come into a place of uncomfort, of embarrassment, to get change, rather than live in a place of bondage the rest of your life. Alright? So you can choose to stay where you're at, and that's fine. Or you could choose to get freedom and come up here. And then maybe you do relate to Jesus, and you do have peace in storms. Then I'm going to encourage you to dial in that voice a little bit more. Right? To dial in that voice a little bit more and spend time with God. I left purposely some time um, so that you guys can just spend time up here at the altars. The reason why we always say come up here is because altar in the Bible means a place of change. This up here is where change happens. This is up here where, as Pastor Brennan always says, where the, the rubber meets the road is up here, right? A lot of times, like Pastor Brennan, I think, just mentioned it last week, a lot of times we'll get a word from God, right? And then we think, why do I have to go up there? I can just speak to God right here where I'm at, right? And then we'll walk out the doors, and then just like Scripture says, that the birds will come and take the seed, as it says in Scripture, rather than coming up here and soaking it and letting it fertilize a little bit and allowing someone to hold you accountable to up here as well. going to pray. I'm going to close off the service, but we're going to, I'm going to be up here. Uh, Chris will be up here. We're going to be worshiping if, the, if there's uh, the rest of the worship team can come up as well. And I just encourage you to spend some time with God right now. And then I just want to encourage you with one more thing too, in the midst of worshiping and praising God. In Matthew, it talks about, and it's chapter 1, verse 3. I always quote this, but it's so good. It's when the genealogy is going on. It's that the father of this person, the father of this person. But if you were to translate those names, it says Judah, the father of Pizar, which means praise is the father of breakthrough. So maybe some of you guys, maybe that's the word that you need today, that maybe you just need a breakthrough in something. Then come up here at this altar, a place of change, and worship God and get it. Because praising God gets you that breakthrough. That, that simple. Dear Father, thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. Help each one of us, Lord, to learn how to turn off the noises that's happening in our lives, Lord, and dial in and hear your voice, Father. Help us not to focus on the circumstances any longer, Lord. Lord, help us to look to you who's in the boat with us in life to get peace and to get that word that we need for the now moment, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that you're giving us words that we need right now, Father, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving us words that... Um, maybe it's a certain drop, job career that we're trying to debate between, Lord, that you're giving us a word now that we don't have to have confusion in it, but we can have peace in it because you've given us the answer already, Father. We just need to learn to listen to it, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, for the uh, rest of the service, Lord. I just ask you to bless everyone that came out today, Lord, and to continue to bless people, Lord. Help each one of us just to take, help us not just to shove our notes away and forget about the message, Lord, but help us to start applying it every day to our lives as we continue 
out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Saturday, Father. Help us to keep fighting for our connection each day so that we don't have to come up on a Sunday, Lord, and try to get that connection. But we already have it throughout the week, Lord, because we fought for it, Father. And then when we come together, that's more of a celebration, Lord, in your mighty name. Amen.